That's a name no one would self-apply where I come from. But then there was a lot about the dude that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And a lot about where he lived, likewise. But then again, maybe that's why I found the place so darn interesting. They call Los Angeles the City of Angels. I didn't find it to be that exactly. But all allow there are some nice folks there. Of course, I can't say I've seen London. And I've never been to France. And I ain't never seen no queen in her damn dundies, as the fella says. But I'll tell you what, after seeing Los Angeles, and this is here story I'm about to unfold, uh, I guess I've seen something every bit as stupefying as you'd see in any of those other places. This is Gutterballs. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of the film, The Big Lebowski. Stoner bowling movie, period piece, western. Providing insight. Spoiler alert, we're really right outside of Los Angeles. Commentary. They're genre hoppers. And conjecture. Did they have bowling in the Old West? That's one for the canon of the history of film. And now, Gutterballs. So, now how many times Maybe have you watched the second minute? Eight. And all of it was done within like, well, aside from when I've seen the movie normally, but was done in like the last 20 minutes, I would say. Me too. And I've had about five, but I watched it. I'm not going to sit here and say it when I was preparing for the first minute. I didn't go ahead and watch a little extra. Right. Right. I'm not gonna sit here and say that, because I watched a little extra and was like, probably like eight to okay. ten times. Right. But in preparations for this episode, four, maybe four, only four. Well, how many do you really need, well, though? Well, you know, the minute the minute speaks the for first, itself in most ways. So I think, in some ways, that makes our job kind of harder. I started noticing more things the more I watched it. To be completely honest, which the first two, three, four times I watched it, it seemed like kind of dead space. Let's just build up now. Just gonna, you know, there's words. You got the cowboy talking, and we're we're setting we're we're setting the mood basically, establishing a mood. But there's some other things going on, and as always, I'm approaching it from somewhat from a technical perspective and there's a there's a lighting thing i'd like to discuss at okay least. so i'm gonna so before we get into the lighting okay. thing all right i gotta just say sure. something else before we get go down that it's Thanks. just because this is you know in my simpleton you know interpretation <laughs> not getting into the lighting or anything yet but all right one thing that i was was interested in is how he says um you know and this was the very beginning of this minute dude now, that's a name no one would self-apply where I come from. And it made me look up the definition of dude. Because I wasn't even sure what that is. Okay. Do you have an idea what that is? Am I just ah, stupid? I, I have no idea what that yeah. is. It seems cool. Like, oh, he's a cool guy. Right, like, yeah, that's how we use it. Yeah, but it is know. actually, this is according to freedictionary.com. There's... De- 
So this isn't some like Miriam Webster. No, this is a free dictionary, is, right? So yeah. let's get this I'm not clear going so right out from it. Right? I'm okay, not a dude right. per se okay. that would be okay. using Miriam Webster <laughs> because right. a dude is an it's Easterner or city person who vacations on a ranch in the West. Also, huh. a man who is very fancy or sharp in dress and demeanor. A dude ranch. It all makes sense now. A dude yeah. ranch. So a dude ranch is where people go to like vacation, I guess. Yeah, right. It's like they go to pretend yeah. like yeah, they're cowboys, exactly. you know. So, but they're no. not. They don't like steer right. tens of thousands of head of cattle across the yeah. plains, you know. They just go there and like, hey, hey, like Billy exactly. Crystal. Right. Dude. All so right, there we well, go. That makes sense. Never once crossed my mind listening to this. But it makes perfect sense, you know. It's a former roadie for Metallica who is kind of scrounging around in the desert. So you have the cowboy, the actual cowboy, Sam Elliott, doing the voiceover, telling the story about the dude. They're both drifters who both live in the same environment, but it's like they're different and well, same. Well, about them being in this, this environment, being different and same, like what I, what, so after again watching this minute again and again, what started to like <laughs> so nag at me just... is like, mm. why is the stranger telling this story? Like, why did, what is with that choice? Like, you know, he says, that's why I found the place so darned interesting. And, mm. you know, usually you would think a narrator is someone who tries to relate the story to us. But the narrator is actually, I would say, someone who is more alien to the average audience for this movie. You know, it's not being pitched to to cowboys from the Old West, per se. So it's just an interesting choice. It's maybe in some ways a reversal. I, I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. there's also the aspect of you want this person to be maybe like in a dispassionate or... Um, you know, removed person. So you can kind of see the action through, like, these new eyes, these impartial eyes, mm-hmm. in a way. Kind of like, you know, viewing, okay. you know, a chance to view yourself, how you might look from outside. That is, if we could say that we ourselves are, you know, the dude, Walter, and everyone yeah. else here right. in Los Angeles right. County. I don't know. I mean, I imagine you put yourself into... The protagonist's shoes. So, I mean, I know personally, when I watch this, I am, of course, yeah. the dude. I'm not fucking Walter. <laughs> I'm not Donnie. I'm the fucking dude. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so, yeah, I don't know what to say about that. That's, uh... Right, my understanding of, like, you know, the role of a narrator is completely, uh, completely off base in this case. But it's just it's an interesting decision. I don't have any answers to... To, you know, what really... I mean, to be honest, in the whole movie, I think The Stranger is probably the most confounding thing to me. Mm. Like, why is he in there? Like, yeah. what is that about? Is it just just random, just to add more random strangeness to it? Like, what is the meaning there? And, you know, I suspect as we go on minute by minute here, we might unravel some of that secret. But... Well, let me throw something out here. May I? You may. Go right ahead. A favorite of mine, David Lynch, yes, yes. doesn't necessarily believe in plot-driven or even character-driven movies. He believes, to a degree, in mood-based cinema. Is it possible that throwing 
Sam Elliott, who's essentially a character actor at this yes. point. Um, do you know what? I'm I'm gonna go off on a tangent here. Okay, I'm just gonna do this. Do you know what Sam Elliott's first role in a movie was? His first role? No, I can't say that. Card player number two in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. How now, about and that? I know yep, you that's like a good, that. That's a good one. That's a classic American film. From his very first role up until now, this is what ninety-eight, I guess. Cowboy, typecast. Yeah. Basically, from the get-go, typecast. When you hear him speak, oh, that's Sam Elliott. He's a cowboy. We're in the West. It's a Western. So, is it maybe possible they're playing up this sort of genre? Like, they're throwing in our faces. There's tumbleweeds. There's dirt. There's desert. There's Sam Elliott. It's a Western. And yet, what we're about to witness is nothing like a Western. They're playing with our expectations again. Yeah, well, without a doubt. I mean, that's how it starts out, I mean, right? We talked about that last week. That's that's one aspect to this. And the, and the but he comes back. He continues. He, he, he continues come to back. come back, but and it ties it together. And once and we he, get to that minute, you know, I have a feeling we'll be able to like look back at at, at this minute and have even more. Well, maybe so. uh, Insightful analysis. I hope so because that minute is one of the most confusing minutes to me of the yeah. movie where he breaks right. the fourth wall. Well, that's wall. exactly what I'm talking about. His whole presence is, in this movie, is yeah, it's the most confounding thing to me. But at this point, you know, I'm, I'm paused here at a minute and ten seconds or whatever. It's not confounding yet. Like, we're buying into it as, as a first-time right. viewer well, of the movie, minute and a half in, okay, I see what it's going to be. It's a sort of Western. We've got a narrator. He's going to lead us right. through this. He's our guide. We can hold yeah. his hand and cup the back of his head and be comfortable with him and embrace him. Sure. And they're showing, you know, he, and within this second and minute. And he disappears. Yeah. Well, within this second minute, and they start uh, showing. We talked about yesterday, you know, it's, oh, it's a tumbleweed. And, oh, no, it's actually, um, there's the city of Los Angeles. And now we're actually in the city. We're seeing, you know, the... The burrito place and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. The car yeah, wash. Yeah. So we're we're boat. seeing right. yeah, we're seeing so now Hand we're getting wash. this beginning of okay, it's like, you know, some kind of modern western. Some guy or some kind of like, you know, time displacement, you know. Right. You know what's weird to me though, is so we we come we're going across the scrub brush and there's a I want to go. Yes, yes, back please to do. I, yeah, so. I'm sorry to 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 kind of no, st- no, shoot that down. Please. I just wanted to get out that please. first line. Okay, continue Fine. lighting. Yes. All right. You got it. And a minute thirteen. In fact, a minute eleven. The previous minute we went over this, but it starts out as if it's uh, you know early afternoon. And the lighting goes through this dramatic transformation. But over the course of 20 seconds, maybe, 15, 20 seconds, it becomes night. It's a, it's a trick. Basically, well, there's some debate, I guess. Is it time lapse and they have a motion tracking camera over the ground? Or is it just a lighting trick? I don't know. In either case, at about a minute 13, after it's become full on night, there's an ambient level of light and it's almost got a yellowish quality to it and it becomes a little brighter at this point so it becomes it's full-on daytime 
The sun sets, becomes dark, and then it becomes a little lighter. And yet, as we come up over the ridge, Tumbleweed falls down over the cliff. This is nighttime now. This is like late dusk, evening. This is like night, nighttime. All the lights are on the city. It's nighttime. I'm just pointing out another cinematic uh, trick they pulled that cost money and was difficult. And it and there's more to it than just watch this, you know, set a camera up and like track it over the scrub brush and right. dirt and desert. But there's so much more going on and that's that's actually a pretty expensive And at the time probably, you know, no one notices that, right? Like I certainly haven't noticed it until we've started this in depth right. analysis. No, you you don't. You know, the Coen brothers were like, subconscious. well, uh, in 14 years, two dudes are going to start analyzing this minute by minute. So let's now give we, them something to talk about. Now, when you about. say dude, <laughs> well, here's something too. As we come up over the ridge, I'm going to tell you right now that this was shot on a green screen. What? Yeah. Back it up. Back it up, and I'm taking back everything I said. It wasn't expensive. They did it probably a thousand times on a soundstage. Because if you back yeah, it up watching. and you watch this camera come up over the ridge and look at the sharp edge as it drops down to see the valley in the distance, that is composited, my friend. All right. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm watching it. Come on, look at that. Let's see. Well, you have a better eye for these things than I do. I, I, I'm telling you. I don't know. I, yeah. I honestly don't know. But so you're saying they constructed a desert-like place and ran the camera. Think over. about yeah, yes, that's exactly right. So, Think about look at how tight we are on the ground. What is it? Four feet wide. Oh, I think it's more, well, as it starts to pan up to the city, I would say that's more like okay. 10, 14 feet. Yes, but, yes, but as still, we pan up to city. 14 feet, right. But, Look at that. That is a well, friggin' green it's hard screen. to, I, I'm maybe, telling you right there. I can't, I can't really say. Are you saying, like, they went like 12,000 feet up in the mountains and, like, brought all the crew up there and did this elaborate lighting trick? No, I'm, they didn't Well, I'm that. not even convinced it's a lighting trick. I'm not convinced it's the stop... You think time. it's a time lapse? I don't. I just don't uh, think it's time lapse. You well, you know, like I said, I think until we we go back, these questions can never be answered simply watching this streaming on Netflix. You know, this is where we need to go back to the original negative Touché. to really analyze. I think. Um, but I'll give you that. I'm just not s s certain. I'm thinking these guys just went up. You know, there's probably a road, right? Like right, like you know, they just went up the highway. Took some okay. cameras, some track. It's a filmed it, it and, and 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 that was it. And and like these are ridiculous words. You know, they might have stopped down. Even, they might have. Uh, uh, they might have done some kind of weird processing. You know, night for day kind of thing. Don't know. Day for night. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't want to go back to second forty-five. I don't, you know, I don't want to revisit that. That was a painful moment. It was kind of a growing moment for us, with the shafts of light yes. coming over. Are you still claiming that it could be some sort of post operation? They're doing, and I just 
Sure. I don't want to revisit that. Honestly, it's too painful. Well, I'll tell you I, what. I, this I is going to be there. something. There I, you want. I see the sharp edges as we come up over the edge of the cliff. And it's such a drastic cliff. And to me, driving, what, 20 miles outside the city, up onto this cliff, look how high up we are. If you look at the surrounding mountains, you've come to this precipice. 10,000 feet, 6,000, 8,000, I don't know. That's mile high city, Denver. That's only 5,000. We're, we're above that. We're way up there. And LA is a valley. So these are legitimate mountains ringing it. They wouldn't go up here, I don't think, to shoot this shot. It's just so... Isn't there, like, famous vistas of the city? Like, isn't that featured in many movies? People drive up to the top and look e. over at Los okay. Angeles and then... A real podcast would research yeah, exactly. something like that. Or... And then we could discuss it yeah. and, you know, be, be, seem yeah, extemporaneous. I but, so I guess... But, yeah, we could we'll riff on to it. See. But, I'm curious, you know, again, talk about a real podcast and doing research, right? Like... Yeah, Are there? Is there? I wonder Google if there's it. any uh, commentary tracks or anything that might oh, shed some to, lights on this. Right. You know, might have been something to look into before we started this. Um, we <laughs> no, but we also don't want it to. We also don't want it to some sort of to to. Uh, we also don't want it to color us though. So yeah, screw that. I maintain that is a composite job there. I'm going to get Ferenzler to weigh in on this. Do it. I'm 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 going to send him up for so for next for the next episode, I'll have some expert opinion on whether that's a composite <clears throat> job or not. I'll do some research into the geography of the Ringing Mountains and see where this could be taken. What I what yeah. Because also it's like how, how is this, like, this perfect little, like, scrub brush tumbleweedy thing that just drops off all perfect? Come on. So, another, so, yeah, that's true. How do they get that going? But, so where do they get the footage of L.A. at night from the mountain? If they don't want to well, climb maybe, up the mountain maybe, to get it. Right? See what I'm saying? They could have, if they didn't have to have all of it, that could have be second unit, third unit. Well, the whole could thing be, could just, be second unit, do, really. It's all second unit, really, because maybe it's third yeah. unit. I don't know. Fourth ah, unit. It's like yeah, four, eighth unit, man. This is Buckaroo yeah. Bonsai yeah. territory here. But there's no actors. You know, the cost is minimal. They have a little track or city cam, and they like team of six or eight guys. Maybe even some women. Who knows? I hear they're working on these things these days, too. Crazy as that might sound. It's it's the modern way. <laughs> so we come up over the city here it is spread out beneath us right now there's this tumbleweed we touched on it yeah last episode it's going over and over past are there tumbleweeds in LA did anyone bother to actually look that up anyone and by anyone I mean you I didn't I didn't <laughs> me either um, Okay. Well, you know, while I, I Google that right now, what I wonder is, um, you know, when we touched on this a little bit last time, talking <laughs> about, and hopefully I'm not retreading over what we covered last time too much. You know, I don't really have much of a memory, so uh, 
you know, much like the dude Don't himself. Don't forget the past. Yeah. If you forget the past, you're doomed to yeah, repeat it. Yeah, I guess. It. So I'm going to maybe repeat it now, something like that. But, you know, the the tumbleweed just, just going around, you know, I think that totally ties thematically into the interpretation of the whole movie. You know, I think all of these characters, not just the dude and not just Walter and Donnie, but mm. the big Lebowski, Bunny, everyone, the nihilists, Right, they're really just kind of blowing tumbleweeds. They're just kind of, you know, stuck in this universe. Hmm. Wind is taking them where they will. You know, they're just kind of all reacting, interacting to each other, drifting. I completely agree, and to me, what proves that is the exception, possibly. And now I'm jumping mm-hmm. ahead, but the horn producer. Jackie Treehorn. Jackie Treehorn. Yeah. That is a man who was not drifting. Right. He wasn't at the whimsy of the world. He had a purpose. He had a mm-hmm. direction. He was seeing it through. So what's weird is, and as I look now, and I'm paused on a freeze frame of the tumbleweed, Cascading across the street, and in the background is Benito's, the original taco shop. You can see in the background, car wash. Good old-fashioned hand wash. Tumbleweed. It's right in front of our faces. And in the background is the quote-unquote real world, which is people at 11 o'clock at night buying a taco. It's like those are the regular people of the world. They've gone out. Maybe they went to a club or something. Now they're getting a taco on the way home. They go to bed. They wake up early in the morning. They go to their job. The dude, the tumbleweed, everyone else in the movie, rolling across in front of that, looking at that, the taco stand, and thinking, that's basically, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm supposed to do. That's supposed to be enough. But instead, I'm drifting around an outsider to the real world. Too much. I think that was too much. Look how far away we are from this taco shop, though. Are you paused on that still image right I'm now? I'm not, but I'm familiar with it. I see it in the little thumbnail preview now. Yeah. You want to be there. You know those tacos are delicious. They're so good. Got a little hard Jesus, you know? It's a movie about outcasts, and if The Stranger has taught us nothing, The Stranger has taught us that there are outcasts. There are, we won't call him a hero, because what is a hero? Again, I'm getting ahead of myself. And by outcasts, I mean the people affecting change live on the outskirts. They're, they're outliers from society. And by nothing, I mean anything and that's, to me, what the tumbleweed suggests. There are a lot of extra words in there, and I apologize for that. The tumbleweed, uh, well, yeah, I won't get too ahead of myself. I'll say that for next minute, where the tumbleweed ultimately ends up. Save nothing. Don't hold back now. It's the playoffs. I mean, five rolled tacos for $2.99? That's less than 40 cents taco. Well, no, that's not true. 60 seconds a taco, and I am sorry. I've been looking for 
had decent fish taco for a couple of years now. I've only ever had a fish taco, I think, once. Have I ever had a fish taco? Yes, I have had one. Yeah. Well, Benito's Taco Shop is currently in the process of redesigning their site. So, Is it one of those... Uh... There's there's no black and yellow, like... I see. Like, hey, you we're working on this. You can download their uh, menu in PDF form, though. At least uh, it's not just, you know, one of these websites. It's just a giant image. At Benito's, we pledge to provide yes. every customer the highest quality food made with care from the freshest ingredients served as fast as possible in a clean, pleasant atmosphere. Pleasant. I mean, what makes it pleasant, I wonder? The one thing and there I'm it is right about. there. Um, 11614 Santa Monica Boulevard at Federal next to Car Wash. <laughs> Car Wash is right next to the, in the shot. I think this is the actual place. Shut up. Yeah, yeah. go really? to the shot right next to it. Oh. Car Wash. It says hand wash. Wait, what'd you go there? I'm just at Benitos.com. I clicked on their menu. Wait, I clicked on their really? menu in PDF. PDF? You clicked on a I PDF? Did. For this, for the sake of I mean, of, what of kind of world are we living in? Lebowski. So we're going to uh, add another destination to our Lebowski trip. Our Lebowski tour. Benitos. Guess we have to document that. Look at that. 11614 Santa Monica Boulevard. That federal next to car wash. I'm going to go there in Street View. I'm sorry. It's probably not what do I it. should do, but I don't care. I just need to see a Street <laughs> View it. of that right now. I need to go there and see the damn hand wash. Hand wash? See, here's where we could also, you know, we could also, you know, if we were to go there, do some... I don't think this information is available on the web, but figure out when they opened, right? Because let's say they opened in the mid-90s. This is supposed to take place in the early 90s. I'm talking about when they opened as a business. But yeah. Were they there in 1998? Because this is, after all, period piece. Yeah. Benito's Taco Shop. Look at that. There's a shell there. Still look the same? They remodeled yeah, the exterior, I mean, maybe? No, this... No, not no, it's the not the same one. No, it's not set far enough back from the street. It's in it, well... No, it must be Does it look one. the same, though? Uh-uh. No, I don't think so. Maybe it's the one on uh, Beverly Boulevard maybe. next to the gas station. Maybe it's that one. Yeah. Well, things could have changed. Maybe we went for the more glamorous... Santa Monica right. Boulevard location. But if the tumbleweed represents the outside, it's next to the car wash, though. It has to be the same one. Has to be the same one. I don't know. This is compelling, compelling content. We have this. I'm struck by an image of Chinatown, by this shot of the tumbleweed and it's right on the double yellow line going over the sewer grate boom right down the street and it's just smacks of chinatown sorry to jump around here but i don't know how familiar you are with chinatown chinatown in la i i'm i'm, I'm sorry i'm talking about china chinatown oh. the movie jack nicholson okay forget it it's chinatown yeah 
Forget it. Forget so it, so tell me more about that. Well, I don't know if it's the noirish. If you look at the street, like there's this like all side lighting, just these slashes, these streaks of light slashing across the road. Straight down what is clearly an L.A. highway. And this is not a 1930s version of L.A. It's an updated version, but it's just this, like, noirish lighting, this side-lit street. Another outsider, Jake, Mm -hmm. from Chinatown, and the tumbleweed, boom, right down the middle. It's like going off into what uncertain yeah. Well, there's a, there's know. a desolation in the shot, like... right? Like, yeah, and maybe that's yeah, just Well, the LA. first shot with Benito's isn't necessarily desolate, right? It's lit up. Oh, there's a taco shop. There's people there ordering tacos. It's nighttime, but there's people the there. The next right. shot, it's kind of like, yep, I'm still going, right? Well, it's a, maybe it's a transition, right? <clears throat> now it's just completely lonely, if it's anything. That shot. You know, it's a... Yeah, it's lit, but... It's completely empty. It's desolate. It's very lonely. But again, and I'm going past because the taco stand had people there. But you're not stopping there. You know, you're on the outside again. You're going past it. As you're looking at the people socializing, having a good time, getting some food, being human beings, and you're just going past it, tumbling out into the unknown. Now, as we continue down the street, next shot dissolves, and they make heavy use of right. dissolves in this minute. Right. Long well, the same way it dissolves from the taco shop to the to the street, and then later dissolves right at the very end of this minute segment to the beach. I mean, now it dissolves. So just going back from the taco shop to the street, that dissolve. Um, you know, it indicates some time. It's long. Yeah, and it, you know, it just indicates there's like a time passage, right? Passage so, of time. You know, it's gone from time. this, and all three shots. So before the taco stand, you know, it's going on the overpass. All the cars are going underneath it, which it, they could also make a statement. You know, so all the cars are going underneath. They're all going perpendicular to the tumbleweed, right? The tumbleweed isn't going with the flow there's always at yeah, odds it's at it's, odds and then, it's and at then odds it with fades to the taco stand so now it's like there's some people there some lights but it's even more desolate yeah and then it fades right. and now it's like okay you know now it's like 3 a.m we're going down the street no nothing's there it's just complete complete completely alone all of a sudden i've wasted an entire day maybe a week maybe a month maybe 10 years of my life and I've just been drifting along, and the passage of this one day from what was clearly afternoon to now almost morning in the space of less than a minute, the passage of time. They're doing passage of time in more ways than just dissolving from scene to scene. And you do get that sense of desolation, loneliness, a wasted life, if you will. It's being an outsider. And the last shot, as we come up on two minutes, we go to the beach. And I'm not up on my <laughs> geography of L.A., but is there any way to get from 
a six-lane highway downtown LA to the beach as a tumbleweed. If you, for instance, were a tumbleweed. Were we in downtown LA? I mean, I don't know. Is there any way to do that? I can't answer that very specifically. <laughs> I but mean, I, I mean, can't. LA is known I mean, for being there's... on the beach, so. Close to that. the beach, right? You know, again, if we were cool, we'd have looked up yeah. uh, that address on San Monica Boulevard Hello. and maybe we would have checked out the route from there to the ocean, but, you know, that ain't our M.O. Yeah, well, that could be a piece of follow-up for next week. That, Mar- mark that down. Something yeah, that'll be up. something we won't bother to revisit. I'm marking it down anyway, though. Mark it. <laughs> Add it to the list. I'm going to mark it as geography. I'll remember yeah. that. How could I forget that? And that, you know, as we continue, that could become a framework for our examination of every minute, right? A checklist. Geography. Lighting. Some people, when they watch color, the movie. Character. When Bunny comes screaming by in her car, you realize she's, oh, she's fully towed. It's like, oh, but... He was just on whatever street, and now she's driving down whatever street. So it's probably chock full of, like, geographic inconsistencies that are invisible to the rest of us that don't have that knowledge of L.A. That's a random thought, but... See, that taco stand doesn't look anything like that taco stand I saw in I wish on I could uh, bring it up. Well, consider the fact that, you know, maybe they made a model of what the top... Well, one, it was filmed in, like, probably 98. Maybe they made a model, or it was a CGI, to look like the taco stand looked in 1990. It yeah, could have been shot know, on look a at it, green screen. I don't think it's green screen. I think it's a set. How could the background be so inky black? Just black, just because nothing. Because they're professionals. Um, well, I think it's like, it could easily uh, be that way. Where's the car wash there? Ink's that, complete blackness if there's nothing back I there. I can't. This is at night. Yes. Nah, yeah. I guess so. I just think... There's a lot of cinematic trickery going on in this first minute and a half, two minutes that so are basically invisible. Well, so, because nobody remembers the middle. They remember the beginning, they remember the end. So it's like they got to put a lot of that. But, ex- well, but except it's firepower that no one would ever notice. So, I mean, so my question well, right. is you know, I could see that there probably is a lot of craftsmanship that goes into these shots, but. My question to you would be, is that craftsmanship any different than any movie that might be shooting on the street at night, right? If you're going to track down the street and pass a taco stand and a car wash... I think it's very different. ...at night, right? Like, would it really be shot any different? Very different. If I'm Michael Mann and I have Tom Cruise around and he's got white hair, I'm going to send the second unit over there with a Canon 7D... And yeah, it's gonna be grainy as shit. It's gonna look all green and weird, and that's gonna be a motif. Cause that way I can just like hang out with Tom Cruise a lot and feel all awesome. And I'm not gonna spend time on these establishing shots. There's no actors here, so you don't see the value on the screen. 
That's what I mean when I say it's invisible. So, I know what you mean, but no. They're, the Coens are pouring their money into this invisible shit. That's all I'm saying. I think there's crews, there's cranes, there's tracks, there's dollies, there's giants, like, sets of, like... No, this is a very important scene. This is the tumbleweed. Right. This is what we open well, with. It's tumbling so, so, around. This is the theme of our movie. Right, it's like right. they so, poured a so, lot of money so let into me, this Let me just shot. maybe recast Multiple this, shots. right? Because I think I understand what you're saying now, which I didn't perhaps say before. It's not that these are the most cinematically um, difficult shots of a of of a tumble of a tumbleweed going down a street, right? Like any any right. any director or let's say any you know craftsman here could make these shots, but it, they are going to well, be expensive. Yeah. They're going to take a lot of effort. So if this was a shot of Jeff Bridges walking down the street arguing with Walter, you put it in. But if it's like it's just a shot of the tumbleweed. It's like well, we can <laughs> cut out fifty thousand dollars in three days not to do this, but so, no, we need Easily. the tumbleweed. We're not going to cut the tumbleweed we from need the movie. The tumbleweed. I see. Yes. Because it's that important. Because it's very clearly lit. The shot where we're look, just looking down. Maybe it's Santa Monica Boulevard. But it's clearly lit. And it's lit. You know, it's lit. You can see the street go dark about a block and a half down the street. But it's lit from a block and a half. That's one and a half city blocks. And they've got like 20K Aries Suns like slashing across the street for a block and a half. And they've controlled the traffic. They've shut the street yeah. down. You know? They shut this thing down. And I don't care if it's 3 o'clock in the morning. There's still people driving around. They shut this thing down to get the shot. I mean, they spent money on this. They had to think it was really important. I'm looking at it. I mean, again. look at this thing. Right right in the front of the frame. Light slashing across the street. A little farther down a shadow. Yeah, and then I light slashing again. across the and then in the distance, the street goes dark. Because they haven't lit that far. They've only shut down like a couple square blocks of Los Angeles, like downtown. <laughs> that costs money. And again, what because you could have had a tumbleweed rolling around in the grass or like in front of right. some burned out check cashing store, but they didn't want that. They wanted it in the middle of the street and it's right yep. down the two middle yellow lines. Or, you know, to my point, they could have just not and even they, done the tumbleweed. Uh, and just don't even bother you know, with it. If you just, just cut it out and then you could have had one more or big if you're just writing after. a script, right? Let's just write a script. Okay, the shots are tumbleweeds. Okay, you know, and then later we go to shoot this stuff. It's like, well, <laughs> screw that, right? I mean, that's why I mean, should we want? Just, yeah, you know what I mean. Right like, now, so you're. I guess what I'm saying is this gives credence to the fact that this isn't necessarily just random. Like, yeah, it's not just are, completely random. It's not just they no, decided like there. they rolled like a twenty-sided dice and were like tumbleweed. <laughs> but right, that's what comes right. Like they heard, you know, and it could have been inspired. I was wondering too, because the song is "Tumbling Tumbleweeds," and I know, you know, they they worked with T. Burn Burnett to like kind of 
find the music for this movie, and I, I wonder how much of the music inspired the movie, vice versa. Yeah, no, so that song, you know, helped them with the idea of a tumbleweed, or if they had the tumbleweed first. It doesn't take a lot to inspire a movie. Could be an image, could be a sound, could be a smell, could be a memory, you know? Could be a light on the side of the road or anything, you know? So, yeah. good chance, I'd say. I mean, tumbling tumbleweed, that's what the movie's about. And it's reinforced by the first two minutes, less than two minutes, and that's all we see. And they paid a lot of money to get So it shots. says right here in Wikipedia, for Joel... The Let's original music, it, as with other elements of the movie, Can't had to it. echo the retro sounds of the 60s and 70s. Music defines each character. For example, Tumbling Tumbleweeds ah. by Bob Nolan was chosen for The Stranger at the time the Coens wrote the screenplay, Tumble as well as Lujan by Henry Mancini for Jackie Treehorn. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. that's awesome. So there's the answer to that. Is that the one where they're where they're catapulting the bare-breasted woman I up into don't the air? No, possibly. I'm not up on my Henry Mancini as much as I should be. You know, it's a shame. It's a shame, my friend. Probably. But we do end up mm -hmm. on the beach. Yep. And then the beach is what kicks off the next minute. So, we started in the wilderness, dry high country down into the city, end up on another sort of desert, a liquid desert, the ocean. Throw those words sure, out there. It. The liquid ocean, and the liquid desert, I like that. It's a I liquid desert. <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. drink it, man. Yeah, so I think, you know, I think we've kind of gone through shot by shot, but one thing we haven't really talked about is the sh more, maybe more about the stranger and his actual um, oh, dialogue hmm. or monologue, if you will, during this part. I mean, I was hoping we'd avoid it. I'm not sure where, where to really go with it. I mean, he's obviously being. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, to me, he's there to establish the mood because again, he shows up for the first two minutes, three minutes, he completely disappears until the end of the movie. Yeah, I mean, he's a simple, plain talker. Um. But he's and he's not the traditional narrator because the traditional narrator would show up, help you out. And he's like, "Oh, we can't shoot the whole movie. There's some stuff we're gonna have to cut out. So we're gonna have a narrator that kind of helps you through these gaps." He doesn't serve that so, purpose in this movie. He's he's similar to Lester Burnham's narration in American Beauty, where he shows up at the beginning, gives you a little foreshadowing. And completely disappears. And then he's just a character in the movie. But his voiceover doesn't come back until the end. He's like, yeah. oh, told you I was going to die at the end. Boom. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but he did tell you, he does tell you right in the right, beginning. Right, right, right at the really. beginning. So, I think we've done a pretty good job of going over that in a minute. I mean, is there any other elements we haven't uh, delved into? I do have... Before we close out, a piece of... Uh, one of, okay. Something I'd like to follow up on from one of the tangents we had last, last, our I last episode. 
think that was it. I think but um not until we're closed out. I think we sucked the marrow out of this segment. Honestly. Yeah, but um that's definitely a, a way to put it. <laughs> There's some geographical issues I'd like to follow up on. Um, there's a little bit of cynicism in the stranger's VO that bears watching, maybe. For another minute or two, he's going to be informing our experience of this movie, so we might want to just keep an eye or an ear on that, as it were. But but no, I think that's good. I think that's good. That's about all I got. Okay, yeah. I think we're we're tapped out there. And then... That's the last thing to note, is that we started in the afternoon, three shots later, now it's morning. So, yeah. rebirth, renewal, dawning of a new, not really, it's just another day. day. Tumbleweed just went. Tumbleweed just went. That's the whole in a nutshell. nutshell. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. So one thing, I want to just, you know, last, last episode we got tied into this discussion on frame rates for a while. Yeah. Okay. Here yeah. Oh, well, because like coincidentally, right. right? You know, so we recorded that, and then coincidentally, like several days later, here it comes. Exactly, the Hobbit. The Hobbit. Right, this thing hits the internet. Looks the big terrible. Thing, right, and I'll just read a right. little here. This right. is from uh, from from IGN. Um, Jim okay. Okay. Vivoda, maybe. V- is I'm sorry for butchering his name. Probably he wrote this. Oh, yeah, the, this is on IGN talking about Warner Screen's ten minutes of the Hobbit at their CinemaCon paddle. Quote: Exciting. It looked like an. I'm really excited yeah. to look at that. Quote: It looked like an old Doctor Who yeah. episode or a videotaped BBC right. TV production. Right. <laughs> it was as shocking as when the Twilight Zone made the boneheaded decision to switch from film to tape one season, <laughs> and where perfectly good stories were ruined by that aesthetic. Yeah. Here, there were incredibly sharp, realistic images where colors seemed more vivid and brighter than on film, but the darker scenes were especially murky. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, um, which doesn't even really touch on the whole soap right. opera E, because your problem was never the vibrant no, colors no. or the but it does like, look like i said it does look like so when he's the soap opera thing you know his old doctor who episode or videotape bbc production right like that's the that's the effect right and it mm-hmm. says well 48 fps may create a more realistic you are there picture quality it actually works against the hobbit from the 10 minutes of footage we saw the undeniable reality kept pulling me out of the movie rather than immersing me fully into its world as the lord of the rings films did now, the the, the, the artifice of it all was plainly, at times, painfully evident. As someone who embraces disruptive technology, yes, there has to be a certain level of almost <clears throat> inevitability in that sort of scathing review, to me, at least. And you don't know what sort of projector they're watching this with or what the environment was. You would think that it was their own studio, but it was shot on red. Were they using red ray? Yeah. You know? True enough. How, how was True it? Enough. It wasn't finished. Peter Jackson said himself, this is not raw footage. It was edited, but it hadn't been colored. There had been no grading on it. So, yeah. 
I don't know. So, so I just, I'm not willing to write it off. And and, and if, in fact, I think it only plays on the expectation to payoff ratio. True enough. True enough. I mean, I'm not going to write it off yet till I see it myself. Although I have seen this effect, I've seen this effect in play before, so yes, I'm familiar well, with what they're talking about. Not like but, this, so, though. Not. Here was Peter Jackson's response. All right. And this was reported by Chris Welch on The Verge. And it Don't says... Don't say Chris Welch. That's weird. All right. Sorry. Um, Chris Stoff Smelch. Sure. There you go. Critics say the enhanced clarity stripped the picture of filmic characteristics and made it all too obvious they were looking at a movie set in props, <laughs> oh, which God. gave the experience an unpleasant artificial feel. For his part, Jackson does admit there will be an adjustment period before viewers get accustomed to the quicker frame rate, but says it shouldn't take long. Quote, at first it's unusual because you've never seen a movie like this before, (laughs) he told Entertainment Weekly. (laughs) Quote, it's literally a new experience, (laughs) but you know that doesn't last the entire experience of the film, not by any stretch, just ten minutes or so. He adds, you settle into it. Coincidentally, the clip was ten minutes. It takes ten minutes Eight. to settle. No one got a chance yeah. to settle yeah, into right. it. But no, I mean, no, he'd say that before or after they watched <laughs> yeah, ten yeah. minutes. We'll see. I so, guess we'll no, see no, what no. happens. And he could be right. Right? And that's what you would. This say, could be the whole new know? gold standard. You know, everything. <laughs> well, it's just the same. It's a similar. It's not exactly the same, but it's similar to the whole. You know, like you know things like Instagram and stuff like that that put the the crap on your pictures to make it look old timey. Even though old timey pictures. Were so crisp, which is what's crazy about it. But all right, and there, there was a ton of resolution on those because they used film. Yeah, exactly. And the resolution was, for all intents and purposes, infinite. But well, it's not infinite. Not infinite to me. Not you have infinite. Crystals, clearly. silver oxide crystals. Silver but, oxide crystals. But, yes, yes. yes. So you gotta, like, you know, to me, respect the crystals. <laughs> I expected the transition to higher frame rates to go the way that the transition, because the transition to digital happened a while ago, and there's been movies, more and more of them being shot digital, but I expected the transition to higher frame rates to go the way that ultra-high resolution from resolution, like HD to 2K, 4K went, because now you shoot red, you're shooting 4K or 5K. So I expected the frame rate issue to have about the same impact where I notice it and I think it's great. Because I'm actually shooting a larger frame than I'm going to show. That gives me options for framing, options for image stabilization, but on the screen, it's not as in your face noticeable, but apparently it hasn't gone as smoothly. And I'm just... It's going to be an interesting... Transition, I think. Yeah. I, I wasn't worried about it until this, yeah. honestly. So I, it, it, it just it sounds god-awful. Yeah, yeah. well, I guess we'll, I have, mean, to, it's just, we'll have to wait and see. sound great. And Avatar is being shot at 60 frames. I said 60 to The Hobbit before, but... Right, it's, it's a multiple of 24. Yes, I don't know. It might. What's yeah, the yeah, difference, it's multiple, right? But but 24, you'd think 48 yeah. would be okay, but 60, I mean, what's yeah. that going to look like? I'm projected at 60. Right. Well... Lord help us! Here we go. Buckle up. Well, so another thing going to be like black and yeah, white to color. Yeah, I saw. Well, you know, and that's so that's a, gr- a great example, right? Because that's what I was thinking. Like, 
you know, you switch to... I don't know, it's color. Who yeah. needs this color? And, you know, original color... Black and white is fine. Probably looked kind of weird, right? Oh, the color is garish. Technically. Terribly weird. But... It wasn't really color. It was, like, black and white plus red. <laughs> right, it was like, yeah. <laughs> I don't... Look at the color. Everything's red. Isn't that awesome? So I saw like, uh, this weekend... Silent films to Takis. Maybe. Similar. Yeah, too, yeah. too drastic. But, I mean, it's all the same thing. Because, like, this is a... Technically, this is an improvement. Aesthetically, I guess... Well, it is. That remains to be seen. And eventually, maybe we'll just all get used to it, right? And we'll be like... Sure, this maybe you know other technology hasn't caught up because again the problem is things look so. I guess the problem is with the increased detail, right? You can just tell that oh, this is a movie set, and he's holding this guy with a fake nose and some like leaves in his hair, make him look like a troll. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe the other elements of filmmaking need to catch up to this. Maybe they just need to switch to completely CGI movies. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, right. We've been trying to go there ever since, uh, you know, Cool Runnings. No, not Cool, <laughs> cool Runnings. runnings. <laughs> what, not the bobsled movie with the Jamaican? Not that movie. Cool World. So Actually, never saw it. Never saw that movie. I didn't see it either. Well, I'm sure there's cool movies runnings. previous Cool Runnings or Cool World. Involved, you know, Ralph Bakshi <laughs> has been doing that forever. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? The basketball movie, Space well, Jam. again, The Hobbit. Not this Final Hobbit, Fantasy. but The Hobbit. The the one where they like had actors do it and they like rotoscope, like you know, animated over it. Oh, yeah, they just made it right. look like nightmarish. Mm-hmm. There is something about The Hobbit that when people, when directors get The Hobbit, they're like, let's do some new technique that will actually right, like right. aesthetically ruin the film. Let's so. make this kind of sucky. All right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I'm just no, not a big no, fan no. of the whole fine. thing somehow. They're not. They're not human enough. Hmm. It's not a human story. Anyway, uh, that's a different thought. <laughs> one one rest. very quick thing before we. I suspect we're about ready to wrap this up. But I did see Avengers this weekend, and some of the shots in that movie were done on an iPhone. Were done on what? An iPhone. You could tell. That well, were- I read beforehand they were. Joss Whedon mentioned in an interview and who knows, maybe it's just because they want to like, you know, ooh, get more people interested because it's done on an iPhone. All Joss- the Apple fans will come see, you know, some of the shots of the crowds and extras like, you know, running away and cars exploding. Like they had, you know, the the real cameras there to do it, but Joss Whedon also like kind of pulled out his iPhone and got down on the ground, was rolling around just for fun getting shots and they put some of them in the movie. Can you not use that person's name anymore yes okay thank you makes me angry just hearing it sure just, sure. just the actual sound of it just makes sure. me angry gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but anyway there was so there's some iphone shots and i think only because I, mean, I knew it was in there i noticed it so i don't know and maybe there was more than what i noticed but there's definitely one shot where i was like okay that was like not right that was on an um, iphone but I mean, it shoots HD video. Yep. You know, um, Scorsese only wants to shoot on an Alexa, which shoots or records 1080. It's got a 2K center sensor, but it records 1080. Good enough for him. 1080. Well, the iPhone shoots 1080. There you go. So, but that's also all about sensor size. Of course. But, but there's the image. You have to scale it. You yeah. have to. There it, it is. is. All right, so are we ready to blow this up? 
wrap this I up, put so. it in the can. I think so. Um, I just can't wait for some of the things that are so close, but when you do it minute by minute, they're so yeah. far away. There's just things coming in the Lebowski. And for two minutes now, two theoretical minutes, virtual minutes, we've been basically looking at dirts in a tuck of stuff. That's all tumbleweed. Coming. And a dude. And a tumbleweed. Okay. But, and yeah. a dude. And but no, you're right. Right. You're right. There's not you a whole lot. I mean, we've barely gotten into the meat of them thing. Barely scratched the surface. And once you get into a movie, how many shots are there in one minute of screen time? 30? You know? Easily. How many were there here? Like six, five? I, I don't know. I just, I'm excited. I'm really excited. You know there are some gems coming. Without a doubt. There's, well, that's what makes this movie so perfect for this format is that it has an almost <laughs> unlimited amount of gems. Like, the gem per minute ratio is off the charts. How many... Look at all the footprints in this beach. You see I, this I beach? I closed it down. It's gone, I think. It's just been... And this is the beginning of the day. You think they would have, like, clean this off, well, scrub it down. But a real down. beach in LA would have footprints on it. They're not trying to say this is, like, the end of time. True. Maybe there weren't footprints and they paid people to walk on it. That's what I'm thinking. Like It was like the crew, like, oh, shit, now we have to move down the beach about 300 yards. There's footprints everywhere. Nah, it's fine. It's a statement on yeah. modern society. Well, it's verite, it's right? <laughs> All right. Here, write this down. I want to know how tall that mountain is in the background. Seriously, right, look up that mountain. It. I'm going to say 3,000 feet. I'm doing empty period. Three thousand FT. There we go. You know, if you're not well versed enough in this movie and you're not able to find it somehow, and you don't already own it on either DVD, Blu-ray, or you don't have Netflix Instant, then you just don't deserve to listen to this podcast. I would agree. I Why would you even to want to? All of you people who can't that would be to awesome this, though that you don't. I know I like the movie. I just like <laughs> listening to Adam and Brad talk about it. I never even saw it. What's a movie? What is this? Thing? I, only, I only I only watch series uh, of still pictures. <laughs> Kinetoscopes. <laughs> you and your fancy movies. Nickelodeon. I only watch oscilloscopes and vectorscopes. All right, we'll do this again real soon, Bradley. And uh, next minute is sure to hold some gems for yeah, us. Yes, without a doubt. Beep. Next time on Gutter Balls. He's the man for his time and place. He gets a new rug, but he had a rug to begin with, you know? He got mitterated upon. All I'm trying to say is, like, death, it stalks us. 